helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us in yet another episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled Overcoming Sinful Thoughts. Have you ever had these thoughts that just pop into your mind and you're wrestling to keep them away, but you just keep having these unwanted sinful thoughts? Or maybe you have been wrestling with these thoughts and you know where they're coming from. Maybe it's something that you you saw that uh that comes back as a memory. And it's an unwanted memory. It's something that is not congruent with your Christian faith or the person that you want to be. But these thoughts just keep coming. If you're a believer, you probably have read scriptures like Romans 12, 2, that tells us that we are not to be conformed to this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And you're praying for a renewed mind, but the thoughts just keep coming. Maybe you have seen other scriptures like Philippians 2, 5, that tells us that we are to have the mind of Christ. And you're thinking, this thoughts in my mind. This is not the mind of Christ. This seems like more the mind of the, the devil. And you are trying hard to get rid of these thoughts. And you read scriptures like 2 Corinthians 10.5 that tells us that you can keep thoughts captive, but these thoughts just keep coming back. The reality is that sinful thoughts are very hard to get rid of. Maybe you have even prayed and fast, but these thoughts persist. And the effects of these sinful thoughts are guilt, you feel guilty, you feel shame, and maybe you have developed low spiritual esteem. You feel as if you are not as good as others. I remember counseling uh, someone many years back in a church setting, and this person told me that he wanted to be like Brother John, who hasn't had a sinful thought for over 20 years. And I said, who is Brother John, this person that has never had a sinful thought for 20 years? Because I was curious. And he said, well, I don't know, but I'm sure that somewhere out there, there is a Brother John that is so spiritual that he has never had a sinful thought. Well, I hope you're not like that person, because the truth is that we all struggle with sinful thoughts. But maybe your sinful thoughts have led you to have low spiritual esteem, where you see yourself as not as good as others, or maybe you've even developed low self-esteem in general because of the nature of the sinful thoughts that you're having. So I want to talk today about how you can overcome sinful thoughts so that it does not affect you, so that it does not lead to low spiritual esteem or low self-esteem or affect your prayer life or lead to mental illnesses because you become depressed or anxious as a result of these sinful thoughts. So there are a few categories of sinful thoughts that I want to say something about before I uh, specify the techniques for dealing with these sinful thoughts. So one of the very common categories of sinful thoughts is the category of sexual thoughts. 
thoughts, sexual thoughts are very common. Many of us feel a lot of guilt and shame because we have sexual fantasies that are taboo or we have sometimes adulterous thoughts that flash into our, our minds and we carry a lot of guilt and shame as a result of these kinds of thoughts. And then we read scriptures like Matthew 5.27 that tells us that if you look on a woman to lust, you have already committed adultery in your heart. And this makes us anxious because we feel we're having these sexual thoughts, or maybe the sexual thoughts are just thoughts of sexual desires. And you feel a lot of guilt and shame because of passages like this. But one thing that this verse could not mean, this verse could not mean that Jesus is equating lustful thoughts to adultery. He's using an analogy to drive home to the Pharisees that they are not as righteous as they think. And so he used an extreme example to say, you think you guys are so so spiritual, like the Brother John example that you haven't seen. This is how the Pharisees thought, that they were keeping the law perfectly. And Jesus is saying, God's standard of righteousness is so high that if you're boasting about not commit adultery, you need to be mindful that you're not you're still not holy enough for God because you you have lustful thoughts as well. So if Jesus was equating lust with adultery, this would mean that he's also saying that you can divorce a woman and the grounds of lust. Because in another passage, he said that if you put away a, a woman, a, if you divorce for any other cause except adultery, you have sinned against God and that divorce is not justified in any other case. So this could not mean that Jesus is saying if someone have lusted, then this is grounds for divorce. It's just an example to drive home the truth that none of us can achieve a state of righteousness where we are justified in God's eyes just based on our thoughts and our actions. So maybe we need to look at what these thoughts could mean. If you're having these kinds of thoughts, it could mean that you have been abused and your mind is playing out these taboo fantasies because of what you, you, you suffered as an abused person. It could mean that you have been exposed. Maybe you have been exposed to pornography. And so the images that you have seen in these porn sites or porn videos keep coming back as thoughts. Or maybe you have been deprived. Maybe you're in a, in, a, in a situation where you don't, you're not, you're unmarried, and yet you you have a, a good sexual desires, a healthy sexual desire, and so you have these thoughts. So if you're in these situations and you're feeling uh, as if you're sinning and as if your your thoughts are very displeasing to God, stay tuned because I'm going to be talking about uh, some of the things that, you know, can help you to, to start seeing this in a different light and maybe things that you can even do that, you're, that you do not end up uh, being tormented by these kinds of thoughts. And the second category of thought has to do with envy. Have you ever heard good news from a friend and, you know, you're a good person in general and you hear this good news that this friend has gotten a, a promotion or this friend is now getting married? 
and you suddenly have this feeling of envy where instead of rejoicing for the friend, the thought that comes in your mind is that I don't want to hear anything about this. Why are they telling me? And you just have this feeling of sadness. So if you're having this kind of thought, it could mean that the good news is reminding you of what's missing in your life. Maybe you've been working in a job for many years and you have not gotten a promotion and this friend has now gotten this big promotion and is moving ahead in, in life. It doesn't mean you're a bad person if you have this kind of thought. It just means that the thought is reminding you of what is missing in your life. Or maybe you the, the thought reminds you of a past trauma. Maybe you lost your partner, you know, to cancer or in a, in a tragic accident and you hear that a friend of yours is getting married and the first feelings that, that come to you is sadness, not one of rejoicing for your friend. So having this kind of mindset that help you to realize what's behind these thoughts is a very important first step in in overcoming these thoughts. And then there are categories of thoughts such as thoughts of violence. You have these thoughts of violence or anger towards someone. This could mean that you have suffered a great injustice or great betrayal. And anger is an appropriate reaction where there is injustice or betrayal. When there was a great injustice that was done, uh, in, in, to, to, to the temple of God, where the money, the money changers were using the holy place of God as a money-making scheme, we are told that Jesus went in and in anger, he overturned the, the, the tables that they were using to do to do their sacrilegious act. And so anger is an appropriate emotion uh, for in cases where you have suffered injustice or you have been betrayed. So maybe you have had a situation where someone you loved cheated on you with someone else and you have these these thoughts of violence and you 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 feel guilt and shame because of these thoughts that are coming in your mind. By the way, according to evolutionary psychologist David Ross, he says that 91% of men and 84% of women have had murderous thoughts. It doesn't mean that 91% of people are going to commit murder or act on these thoughts. It just means that these thoughts, these kind of thoughts are a lot more common than you think. These flashing thoughts can go in into your mind at the moment of a betrayal, at the at the at the moment of an injustice, but it doesn't mean that you are going to carry out that thought. And so if you have this thought and you're feeling guilt and you're feeling shame, let me just assure you that just because you have the thought doesn't mean that you will ever act on it. But many people carry anxiety and shame and guilt and they become depressed because they're thinking, why did I have that thought? Is there some kind of a Am I an evil person to have this kind of thought? But these kind of thoughts are normal because we are, we are in a sinful nature. And just because you have the thought doesn't mean that you're going to, to carry it out. And I'll clarify a little bit more about that. So, so don't tune me out just as yet. I'm going to be explaining a little bit more as I get into, into the what to do section later on. So the, the other, th uh, 
kind of thought that you have that is unwanted could have to do with rejoicing over others' failure. You hear that someone has committed some act of moral failure and you've, uh, your first feeling is to have this feeling of, I'm happy that that happened. And maybe you catch yourself immediately after and say, no, I should not be thinking like that. I'm a believing, Bible-believing person and I should, you know, weep with those who weep according to what the Bible says, but the initial thought is just one of, I'm happy that 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 happened. Or maybe you had a sense of relief when you when you heard that bad news about that person and you're feeling, I shouldn't be feeling like that. I shouldn't be thinking like that. But this could mean that you don't feel so bad about your own failures. Maybe you have moral failures in your own life that you have been struggling with and you have been keeping it a secret. And now you hear that this person has been been uh, has been uh, disciplined for moral failure so this initial thought it could be one of relief that I am not the only person who struggles with these kinds of these kinds of of thoughts and and so the relief could come from the fact that you're 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 feeling better about yourself as a result of this person's failure and then another category of thought could be blasphemous thought where you you have blasphemous thoughts against god this could mean that you're anxious about displeasing God. A lot of people who have religious OCD, who they are fixated on fear of blaspheming God's names and not being able to be forgiven by God. This is because these people are very zealous to please God, overly zealous to please God. And so they are, they have religious scrupulosity where they are very conscious of any thought that that might be uh, that might put God in any negative light, and so other people will have similar thoughts, but they don't dwell on them. They come and they fly through their minds, and they dismiss them as something that is unwarranted and move on. But some people become fixated on these thoughts to the point that these thoughts make them sick. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic Overcoming Sinful Thoughts. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914 where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. So, okay, what to do? Now, let's come to the the, the meat of today's show. What do you do if you are having these kinds of thoughts? I think the first thing that you can do is reframe these thoughts as temptation and an opportunity to practice obedience. Instead of looking at these thoughts as being unwanted and undesirable and you're becoming stressed and feeling that you're not good enough and feeling like you're not like Brother John and feeling shame, think about them as an opportunity to practice obedience. This thought is telling you to do something, but you're not going to do it. So reframing the thought as temptation is a very important strategy because we are living in a life 
in, in, we're living in a world where we are going to be tempted and temptation is an opportunity to make a decision. Each time that you have a thought, it's a, it's a time that you can decide, am I going to follow through with that thought or am I going to obey God? And we see that this is, this, this is an important principle in obedience because when God made Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden according to the book of Genesis, one of the things that we are told in the biblical narrative is that God placed a, a, a tree in the middle of the garden and said, don't eat of that tree. So in other words, God wanted to see if there would be obedient to him. He didn't hide it in a corner of the garden where they would never see it. He placed it in the middle of the garden. So at any time they could come across it if they were going from one end to another. And this is God's way of saying, I am placing this here as a temptation. So each time that you see this tree, you can decide, am I going to partake of that tree or am I going to obey God? You see, if God made a garden with no tree, no possibility that they could ever do anything wrong, would that really be obedience? Would that develop a love relationship with God where these human beings, Adam and Eve and their children would say, I am choosing to serve God because I love him and I want to please him. The tree in the midst of the garden is like the temptations that pass through your mind and look at it, reframe it in that way and see it as an opportunity to please God. Imagine for a moment that, you know, someone who lives here in Canada, and imagine that there is some sinful ritual taking place in Australia, right? And you that person doesn't have the means of getting there to Australia. Wouldn't it be preposterous for this person to pray to thank God that they're being victorious over that temptation to take part in that ritual? Thank you, God, that I'm not like those people who are doing that ritual and that I'm, I'm not going to give in to the temptation of doing that ritual. No, there's no temptation of giving into the ritual because it is so far away that you will never be able to do it. When temptations come close, when they come into your mind, that's an opportunity for you to choose. Am I going to give into this temptation or will I obey God? So next, you can reframe the thought with a different meaning. And I've talked about this in some of the introduction where I talk about sexual thought could mean that you haven't fully recovered from being abused as a child. So if you're having unwanted fantasies that is troubling your mind, one of the things that you could do is to get help for unresolved sexual trauma or sexual abuse that you have suffered. Because maybe these thoughts are just the residue of the the unwanted uh, things that happen to you. And these thoughts are just memories that you haven't dealt with, unresolved memories that needs to be dealt with. If you are having sexual desires because you're unmarried and you have no way of satisfying your sexual desires in the context of a marital relationship, look at these sexual 
thoughts as meaning that you are a healthy person because God created you with sexual desires. There are some people that way they talk about sexualities as if God made the body and then the devil uh, created the genitals. So anything that had to do with genitalia uh, is sinful and wrong. No, that that we know that that's not the case. God made you with sexual thoughts. God wants you to have sexual desires because it's all part of his plan for humanity to keep this species alive. So if you are a young, healthy person and you're unmarried and you're struggling with sin, with, with, with sexual thoughts, I want you to reframe this to mean that you are healthy and that there is nothing wrong with having these kind of desires. So first, look at it as an, as an opportunity to practice obedience. Second, reframe the thought and give it a different meaning. And the third thing I would like you to do is to reframe the thought as a normal part of a sinful nature. In that Brother John example that I give before where this person was thinking about there is a Brother John somewhere who in 20 years have never had a sinful thought. That's not true. We all have sinful thoughts. And if you are there thinking that I have, that's not me. I have never had a sin. I hope there's no one listening to my voice who is debating this, by the way, who is saying, I'm not like that. I've never had a sinful thought. Because if you are, then you're in a deep state of denial because Every person on the planet have sinful thoughts. The Apostle Paul, who was very zealous for God and did so many mighty things for God, said in Romans seven fourteen that I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do I, I do not. But what I hate, I do. So if we put this to the realm of thought, the Apostle Paul could be saying, the thoughts I don't want to have, I find myself having them all the time. And the thoughts that I'm trying to push out of my mind, I find myself having. Right. So I don't know if I said that correctly, but I think you get the picture. So if the Apostle Paul himself could be saying that he's faced with this kind of a dichotomy between the spiritual nature and the sinful nature, I'm sure that this is very common to the to the rest of us. And the fourth thing that I would like you to do is to practice the Judah technique. Now, the Judah technique is a technique in, in the art of wrestling where when there is a combat between two person, and if one person rushes at the other person, what the, what the person who has been attacked does in, if they, if they know the art of Judah is that they do not push back against the person. They do not retaliate and attack as well. What they do is that they recoil. And they, 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 and if you do this properly, if you, if you see someone who is a master of Jude to do this properly, they will use the force that this person is attacking them with to throw the person. So in other words, they're not pushing back. They're not tensing. They're cushioning the attack. And they cushion it in such a way that the very force that the person is attacking them with becomes what leads to the person being flipped over and thrown on their back in a defenseless way. And so the Judah technique can be applied to thoughts. Do not push back against the, the thoughts. Don't think about these thoughts in, in a way that 
you know, this means I'm actually going to do it. And then you try to keep these thoughts because if you try to keep these thoughts out of your mind by saying, I shouldn't think like that. And, you know, this, this thought is something that I have to get over. You're in fact thinking more about the thought and it becomes more of an obsession. It will lead to obsession. So I wanted to, for, for an example, just try not to think about a pink elephant. Uh, you know, uh, as, as I talk about the pink elephant, is in the middle of a living room. Just try not to think about a pink elephant. Just the fact that you hear me saying it, if you try not to think about it, you're actually thinking about it. So don't try to resist the thought. Accept it as being part of your sinful nature. Give it a different meaning. And as you do that, what you're going to find is that the thought will become less powerful and you will eventually overcome the thought. So don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that people should get to a place where they just indulge in sinful thinking and, you know, just rejoice in, in the sinful thoughts that they're having. But what I'm saying is by using these techniques, the thoughts will become less powerful and you will get over the thoughts. And the Apostle Paul used a very powerful analogy in Second Corinthians 10 verse 5 where he says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the, to obey Christ. Now, what Paul is using here when he says we take thoughts captive to obey Christ is a common practice that was used by the Roman army in those days, according to to theologian William Barclay. What William Barclay says is that the Roman soldiers, they had this practice is that when they captured feared generals, what they would do is that they wouldn't put these people in a cell somewhere where you couldn't see them. They would actually march them through the street and give them commands that they had to carry out so that every person could see that we are now in control. So if we apply this to thought, the idea is not to get rid of the thought so that it, it is in some kind of corner of your mind where every time it comes you push it back in that corner. The, 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 the secret is to disarm it by marching it, marching it through the streets of your mind. And I'll talk a little bit more about that, but I hope you get the picture. The Apostle Paul was not saying here that these generals were going to be locked away. They were going to be seen, but they were going to be forced into obedience. Your thoughts can be in your mind and forced into obedience so they don't become a threat where they make you depressed and make you feel as if you're about to commit some sinful act. So here is how you apply the judo technique to the thought. Think about the thought that is making you anxious or you have been trying for years to push out of your mind. So instead of not thinking about it, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about what it would actually mean if, if it actually happened. Think about how it would make you feel in the long run if this were to happen. Think about how it would hurt those who you love. Think about how it would hurt the other person if it's if it's uh, an adulterous thought. Think about how it might destroy that other person's family. Think about how it would displease God. So you get the picture here. The picture is not to avoid it, but to think about it in detail. And this is a kind of therapy that we call exposure therapy, where you expose a person to the feared thing, and by exposing them, the thing becomes something that they don't fear anymore. 
more. So don't run from the thought. The thought. Carl Jung says, Carl Jung, who is one of the fathers of modern day psychology, says that a thought is most dangerous when habitually repressed and projected. Many people who try to block out their thought actually starts projecting them, projecting the, these thoughts onto other people and becoming, ang- becoming angry at others for committing sin instead of being compassionate or, or condemning others while they themselves are dealing with the same temptation. So there you have it. I've given you four concrete things that you can do to help deal with these unwanted thoughts. If you're new to this program, we're on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. If you'd like to hear more about this show, it will be on our YouTube channel. Just search Elim Counseling Ministry. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M counseling with two L's, ministry.com. We would like to know your thoughts about this show and to hear your comments. So feel free to leave your comments on our YouTube page. I want to thank you so much for listening and sincerely pray that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.